Today's reading comes from Colossians chapter 1, verse 24, to chapter 2, verse 5. Now I rejoice in what was suffered for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions, for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me, to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the saints. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labour, struggling with all his energy, which so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that you may become, that you may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Jenny. Well, if you've got a Bible, um, keep it open. I have got uh, one quick notice, and that is that uh, next week we'll be having uh, a couple of family services. So there's going to be children in here for the first time in a a long time. Uh, Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen this week with COVID, but that's the plan at this stage. There'll be be children in here, and uh, yeah, it'll be slightly slightly different. Uh, The service will be slightly different. Uh, So I look forward to that. Uh, And wasn't it wonderful news uh, hearing about uh, young Cody Williams joining our church family. Please do uh, keep keep the family in your prayers. Well, why don't we uh, begin with some prayer as we uh, look to these words. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the message of the gospel. Uh, Lord, we, we pray as we uh, think on it this morning, as we reflect on uh, Paul's ministry to the Colossians, that you would Uh, encourage us, that you would uh, strengthen us as a church, uh, that you would use this time uh, for your purposes uh, in each of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I wonder what the strangest job title uh, you've ever heard, uh, you've ever heard of. Uh, For me it's got to be a viticulturalist or onologist. Uh, I think that's how you say it. Uh, A uni friend of mine, uh, was, was studying viticulture and oenology. And I remember the, the funny looks he'd get when he explained to people about the job that he was heading into. Uh, does anyone know, anyone in this room know what they specialise in? Wine. That's right, winemaking. Correct. Uh, the title doesn't really give much away. And I think there's sometimes a similar confusion around the job of an apostle. Uh, if, you, if you were to ask people what an apostle is, you might get some blank looks, not least because it's a role that no longer exists. Uh, this morning, the Apostle Paul 
uh, in our passage, is sharing about his ministry to the Colossians and explaining something of what it means for him to be an apostle. Uh, And the simplest way to describe his role is as a servant. Last week he, he said he was a servant of the gospel. And this week in verse 25, he says he's a servant of the church, the people of God. So far in, in this letter, if you, if you haven't been with us, uh, Paul has, has done a lot. He's, he's thanked God for the Colossians. He's, he's prayed for them in a particular way, and he's pointed them to the supreme person of Christ, uh, as we heard last week and as we've just sung about this morning. Uh, and this morning we see Paul share some of what it means for him to be an apostle, his, his motivations for ministry. Uh, we see why he does things the way he does. As a servant, Paul's aim is there in verse 28. So that we may present everyone perfect in Christ, or fully mature in Christ, as as some of your Bibles may say. Uh, You'll often hear it said, no one is perfect. And many of us have have long given given up on perfection in, uh, in different ways. But why does Paul want these believers to be perfect in Christ? Well, of course, Paul knows we'll never be perfect ourselves, but he also knows that Jesus is perfect. Uh, And those who follow Christ become more and more like him. As we grow as Christians, we move towards this perfection or maturity in Christ that Paul wants for the Colossians. That's his desire, and so Paul writes and lives his life with that aim in mind. And this morning we get a first-hand account of what working towards that aim means in his ministry. Uh, There are three lessons that Paul highlights for us uh, that will help us individually and as a church. Uh, Firstly, it might be four lessons, we'll just just see how we go. (laughs) Uh, Firstly, suffering will come as the gospel spreads. Suffering will come as the gospel spreads. Uh, Look with me at verse 24, and straight away it raises questions. Paul claims his suffering was for the Colossians which is quite hard to understand because he's never met them. Uh, Imagine receiving a letter from someone who you've never met, uh, claiming that they're suffering for your sake. Most of us would feel slightly weird about that, but Paul leaves room for for more confusion with what he says next. Uh, Still in verse 24, I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions. Last week we heard about Christ as the one who's supreme over all creation in in reconciling us to God and and restoring our relationship with him. And Jesus is is the one who we all need uh, more and more. But when you read verse 24, it sounds like there was something lacking in what Christ suffered and, and that maybe he didn't fully redeem us, which couldn't be further from the truth. So what does Paul mean by these words? Well, there are a couple of things he he could mean, and and some fairly uh, clever people, much cleverer than myself, uh, throughout history have debated it. And some think he's writing this verse with the the false teachers who he's soon going to address uh, in mind. He's writing with them in mind. And I think there's an argument for that. Uh, He uses the language of lacking in regards to, to Christ's afflictions because that's the language that the false teachers have used, or or at least that's how the argument goes. The false teachers say something like, Christ isn't enough, you need more. But it's also helpful to think of these words in light of Paul's mission as an apostle uh, and his desire to see the gospel spread. 
And he knows that this mission that, that God has called him to will involve suffering. The spread of the gospel around the world, uh, and particularly to the Gentiles, those who aren't Jewish, including the Colossians, would result in suffering. He knows that he still has a role to play in the spread of the gospel. And he also knows that there will be more that he has to suffer. In that sense, he's sharing in Christ's afflictions. So when he, uh, when he says what is lacking, uh, I think Paul's meaning that he has more to suffer. Uh, at the time of writing from prison, Paul knew that his suffering wasn't at an end. As the gospel has continued to bear fruit to this very day, the, the connection that Paul makes between the spread of the gospel and the suffering of God's people continues to be true. For every encouragement that we hear, we know there are also costs. That gospel growth and often opposition to the gospel are never that far apart. The spread of the gospel and the suffering of his people are intertwined. Uh, during the week, we were away as a staff team on, on a staff retreat, and one of the things we spoke about was evangelism. How can we make evangelism a priority at a time where we don't quite know what lies ahead? Uh, we all like the idea of evangelism and, and growth uh, as a result of the gospel, or, or at least I hope we do. Uh, but are we okay with the cost that comes with it? Are we willing to suffer for the name of Jesus? Paul doesn't pull his punches when he talks about the cost of following Jesus. And it's, it's kind of ironic in, in some ways because he knew it better than most. See, when the gospel began to spread before Paul's conversion, he was the one who caused God's people to suffer. He persecuted Christians for their faith and, and for trying to spread the good news. But now the, the tables have turned as Paul experiences uh, suffering in a way that he once inflicted it. So that's the, the first lesson. Suffering uh, will come as the gospel spreads. The second lesson is this. We need the word of God in its fullness. Uh, it's there in verse 25. Paul's got this role of presenting the word of God to the Colossians in its fullness. Uh, the word of God is at the heart of his mission. And in verse 26 he describes it as uh, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the saints. And he uses words like mystery and, and hidden a number of times in this section. Uh, verse 26, verse 27, uh, in chapter 2, verses 2, and verse 3 as well. The mystery that has been hidden. Uh, we see in verse 27 that the mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I think he uses the words mystery and, and hidden because... Uh, it was by and large kept from the Gentiles for a long time, the, the gospel message. But now God's commissioned Paul to share it with them. Through Christ, what, what he's accomplished on the cross, the mystery that was once hidden has now been revealed. Salvation for anyone who will trust in him. And the way he is to present it to the Colossians is in its fullness. Uh, one of my bad habits that I've mastered over the years is to, to pick the good parts in a meal uh, whether it's the meat from dinner or, or the chocolate from dessert. And uh, it does Lilia's head in, understandably. Uh, I have improved slightly over five years of marriage. But she reminds me that I can't just pick out the bits that I like and, and leave the rest behind. And the same principle applies with God's word. This is his good word to us. And, and each 
part of the word is different. It has a role to play in strengthening us in Christ, presenting us perfect in him. We all need the word in its fullness. And that's why we, we try and hear from different parts of God's word through the year uh, and, and in different seasons. Uh, in church, in our Bible studies, even the, the children do it. Uh, present the word of God in its fullness. That's the second lesson. The third lesson is there in uh, verse 28, and it's tied uh, to the second one in, in many ways. Proclaim Christ, admonish and teach everyone. Uh, it could be three points, but not today. Proclaim Christ. George Whitfield was one of the, the great preachers of the 18th century, and, and he said this, Other men may preach the gospel better than I, but no man can preach a better gospel. Other men may preach the gospel better than I, but no man can preach a better gospel. Uh, and don't those words reflect Paul's message? We proclaim him, Jesus Christ. There is no better news for the world than the gospel of Jesus. Uh, it's a wonderful principle for us to, to bear in mind for ministry as well, isn't it? If you're someone who's ministering to others in any capacity, proclaim Christ. But it's not just proclaiming Christ. Uh, notice the call on Paul's life is much more than that. It's not less than proclaiming Christ, but there's an ongoing work that Paul does uh, to help these believers grow in Christ. And it consists of two things, admonishing and teaching everyone, each person. Uh, one thing that happens from time to time is that people hear about Christ and, and perhaps they even show an interest in Christ for a while, but sometimes nothing happens beyond that. Uh, they're not discipled. If they don't fit a particular mold or, or think in a certain way, then they can be overlooked or, or placed in the too hard basket. Now, as an apostle, Paul sees his role in shepherding everyone that God has entrusted to him. He knows that Christ's blood was shed for all of God's children, not, not just some. It's not just the, the gifted who Christ died for. It's not just those who serve at church who Christ died for. Each person who God has entrusted to Paul is important. And while everyone needs the same gospel, it will take wisdom for Paul to know when to admonish or correct and when to teach them. Now for Christians, uh, to grow in Christ, we need both of those things. And both of those things that Paul outlines are, are crucial to any ministry. Correction and teaching. Now in our culture, uh, correction isn't always viewed in a positive light. We're a, we're a fairly laid-back society, and I certainly find that to be uh, one of the most endearing things about Kiwi culture. But there's also a, a danger in that, isn't there? Uh, we don't always like being corrected. We're, we're happy to leave things as they are. In fact, I'm sure a lot of us would rather just fly under the radar than, than be corrected, and we're probably even less likely to correct others. In his ministry, correcting a brother or sister who needs correcting isn't something to be ignored. Uh, the other thing that Paul highlights is the importance of teaching the believers. It's not just proclaiming the truth and then hoping for the best. There's this ongoing discipleship that needs to take place, and it involves teaching. Paul recognizes it, and, and in fact, in this letter, he, he is teaching them. He's found a way to disciple them through this letter, even though he's currently in prison. Now, if, if teaching is, imp is important, then so is being teachable. Uh, you might have all the answers, you might know all the arguments, but 
Are you someone who is teachable? Is the word of God is applied to your life? Is, is your heart open to learning? Uh, are you eager to keep being discipled? Or are you someone who's given up on the maturity or, or perfection in Christ that Paul speaks of here? Be teachable. Uh, it, it takes humility, doesn't it? The goal isn't to be right all the time. The, the goal here is being presented perfect in Christ. Uh, and because that's the goal, don't be discouraged when you receive loving correction. It's often God's way of uh, conforming us to be more like his son. And, and that's why Paul labors and, and toils tirelessly uh, in the way he does. He recognizes it's God giving him strength in this task. Uh, so that's the third lesson. Proclaim Christ, admonish and teach everyone. Now part of hearing about someone's struggle is to, to help see, uh, to help us see whether or not that struggle is, is worth it. And Paul is saying, yes, absolutely, it's worth it. Uh, now what is, why does it matter? Why is Paul taking the time to, to detail his reasons for writing? Uh, to share the mission that God has set him on. Uh, the, the fourth lesson, uh, the final lesson, is to stand firm in the face of deception. Uh, in chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, Paul sees uh, the Colossians' unity and love as being things that will deepen their understanding of Christ. And I'm not going to say much on verses 1 to 3, as, as we've kind of touched on the mystery already, but towards the end of our passage, in verse 4, we see why Paul has gone to such effort to share his motivations with them. Verse 4, I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. The one who knows the mystery of the gospel, who is united in Christ, who has heard and been corrected and taught, that person will not be easily deceived. When someone comes along with convincing words or thoughts, Paul doesn't want the Colossians to just give in to them. Uh, last week I mentioned that Paul wanted the Colossians to be captivated by Christ. And here he's worried they're being captivated by the loudest voice or the most eloquent or appealing presentation. Don't be deceived. Don't be deluded by impressive speakers. No danger of that here. Uh, are you someone who, who seeks to discern the truthfulness uh, of what you hear rather than how well or, or how uh, cleverly something's put together? Uh, perhaps one way we can be more discerning as a church is to, to have our Bibles open. Uh, I know... Part of the readings are, are always up on the screen, but there's something about having the whole of God's Word there in your hands. Uh, you can see for yourself if, if what's said from the front uh, lines up with God's Word. Sometimes as, as Christians we can be too trusting, uh, not discerning enough in the way that God has called us to be. Now I'm sure the Colossians would have been shocked by, by Paul's suggestion that they're being deceived. Over the last couple of years, you, you may have heard about uh, a Korean cult that's become more and more prominent in New Zealand. Uh, and this group, uh, they deceive people in, into joining them, and, and they're very secretive. Uh, recently, I got a message from an old flatmate uh, suggesting that I, I listen to uh, one of the, the talks or something like this online. Uh, and when I sort of flagged it with the person, I, I never heard back. Uh, this, the person who is being built up in the faith, who is embracing their, their newfound, newfound identity in Christ. They're in a good position to withstand uh, deceptive and, and fine-sounding arguments, to stand firm in the, the face of deception, 
That's, that, that's the, the fourth and last point. That's the Apostle Paul showing us uh, why he lives the way he does. A servant of the church because he was first served by the Lord Jesus. Uh, in a while we're going to share in communion uh, and it's, it's a chance for us to, to reflect on, on some of these lessons as we go about serving others. Uh, but more so, it's a chance for us to join Paul in rejoicing uh, because we know any ministry is only possible because Christ has first served us by shedding his blood for us on the cross. So let's pray now. Father, we thank you so much for revealing to us the mystery of the gospel. Father, help us to cling to your word in all its fullness as we go through life. Father, help us to be uh, teachable. Father, help us to love you more and more. To not be easily deceived, Lord, as, uh, as we hear things, fine-sounding arguments. Uh, Lord, help us to be grounded in the truths of your word. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.